Stair Hurley is a third-generation family business operating from Jenkinstown, County Kilkenny. Stair Hurley produce handmade hurls made to the wishes of each individual. They can be contacted by phone on 083-434-775 or on social media via Facebook or Instagram. And that's all um, for the hurling season now. Uh, Limerick are all Ireland champions. Um, Ashmore are the McDonough champions, and Kilkenny are all Ireland Camogie champions. But I suppose talking about Limerick Waterford first, the Limerick machine rolls once again thirty points to nineteen, and Mark the Limerick definitely saved their best performance uh, for last against Waterford yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they were really outstanding yesterday, Paul. I think um, um, that there was a slight concern with their performances in the semi-final and the Munster final, but I think talking to anyone um, who would have had a notion of how they were going in training, that they were really expecting a big performance. I think they were flying it in training and they were really looking forward to it. And in some ways, like not to perform brilliantly in a semi-final is the ideal... Um, is the ideal preparation because you know it really focuses the mind and on, on what you have to do to get that performance and when you can see you're getting towards that performance in the training field then it really focuses the mind so i think yeah they were outstanding yesterday really kind of came to the party with you know probably 13 or 14 players probably playing very well and you know when you have that kind of a situation in an all-ireland final when there's only going to be one winner then so yeah it was a fantastic performance and really finished off the championship in a bit of style and Rory, like at stages in this game, Waterford kept getting dragged to the ball, but the overlap Limerick kept creating yesterday, it was just unbelievable um, how they just kept creating overlap nearly every time they're on the attack. Yeah, but I, I think, Paul, to be honest with you, it goes back to what I've been saying to you throughout the championship. Limerick are a fantastic team and they're great at what they do but to me I I, I just can't I, 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 I think playing against Limerick you can't stand off them at all like Waterford, Waterford had a system yesterday of, it seemed to be tied to work sort of trying to stand, stay in the pocket and Jamie Barron go back and half, half pick up the centre forward and you're kind of in no man's land then against against that Limerick team because they, they're, they're so good on the ball they're, they're used to the ball their possession their possession plays just, just out of this world I think they got caught out tactically there. I mean, they probably weren't going to win the game anyway. But for me, I think you 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 have no chance against Limerick if you stand off them. Playing a sweeper against them is a waste of time. Standing off wing but wing forwards is a waste of time. You you, you can't do it. You have to you have to you have to go with a system that that, that for in my opinion to come up on them and uh, and see can you pressurize them for, for and put them under severe pressure. That's what Kilkenny did last year in the semi final for. 25 minutes and, and and they got into the game from that and for me Waterford had to bring that yesterday and I think they sort of stood off Limerick a little bit too much and, and if you do that against them they, they have the they have the system, they have the players and they have the hurlers that, that, that are going to do damage against you and I, I think that's what happened more than anything yesterday. Yeah and Graeme, Waterford went again with something similar in the Munster final um, with Desi Hutchinson at stages by himself in the full forward line and it didn't really help at all because you had Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash, these lads able to sit back, weren't really accustomed to the full back line so if they're able to play as an extra man, they played most of their careers wing, 
wing back for Dan Morrissey. Um, Barry Nash was a wing back, wing forward, so they're comfortable being the extra man, really. Yeah, and and like Rory and uh, listening to Rory and 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 um, Richie Potter this last few months over lockdown on this podcast, I'm learning too, lads. You know, from the likes of Mark and Rory and and, and the guys. But what you're actually doing is you're giving them an opportunity to run at you if you think about it. So if it's two v one and say, um, they're 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 getting the ball, solo running out the pitch, giving it to Kyle Hayes, giving it to Dermot Burns, giving it to uh, Hannon, and they are tramping ground. So how are you going to stop rugby players basically running at you and delivering the ball into the danger zone from from certain delivery areas? And like I I don't know how you would do it. Like play two on two inside against them or whatever in the in your in the opposite side of the pitch. Um, but I would nearly have. I would agree with Rory. Like I would never give Limerick if I was if I was looking at Limerick for next year. I don't think I would give them the opportunity to have an extra man inside to develop that overlap to come bounding up that pitch, six foot two, six foot three, flying machine running at you, pop pass. If you look at the if you look at the, the goal chance, the very early save from Stephen O'Keefe, like that was something else, lads coming up the pitch at Kyle Hayes and. And Cian Lynch, like, like, did we ever see anything like that before in an All Ireland from a cornerback winning the ball or half back and just ended up nearly a goal? And they done it. They done it play after play after play. It was outstanding, Paul. To be honest with you, but like, even taking tactics out of it, or Limerick just well set up, well drilled. Well, I, I just thought from early days, I just thought Limerick were a very driven team from even during the league this year. Um. And there were everybody's tip for the All Ireland, really, to be honest with you. I think, and Waterford just come up short. But um, I think I think that I think that giving them an extra man in say doesn't 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 help your case. And Mark Gray mentions the Kyle Hayes goal chance there, but he'd probably actually be disappointed. I know it's a terrific save by Stephen O'Keefe, but if Kyle Hayes just looks across, it's a walking goal, really, for Limerick. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a straightforward pass, or, or, or realistically, like if you're in, a, in that position as a as a forward, which you know, Kyle has played in the forwards, I suppose he'd be disappointed with the strike straight at the goalie. I mean, you just put it into the ground, left or right of the goalie, and it's a certain goal. Like the goalie shouldn't even see it really or, uh, at that stage, even though it was a fantastic save and the rebound from Keen Lynch was a fantastic save as well. But um, you know, just I. Further on from what the Graham is saying there and, and, and Rory, like, I mean, like, there was an opening there this year because, um, like, two lads in the full back line were, were injured, Michael Casey and uh, Richard English. So Dan Morrissey went back to half, half back. But, like, I think people are only seeing it there in the last couple of games there against Galway and against, um, and against Watford yesterday. Like, Kyle Hayes was was put half back, but with the system Limerick have, like he's put half back as an attacking option, not as a defender, because like a lot of teams now they withdraw these bodies into the middle third and they're trying to match numbers and this kind of stuff. So a lot of the time, half backs actually have, you know, you know that there's no one on them. So I mean, Kyle Hayes nearly got a goal when almost the length of the field against Galway, and should probably, if the the ball across was a little bit better, would have got a goal against Galway. It was only a tap in, and probably should have got a goal as well yesterday, or even an assist if the ball was played across the square. So, like with the system Limerick have, like it's it's funny the way the way it is, but like because I suppose realistically it starts from number fifteen because 
they defend so well when they don't have the ball. It's actually, and, and their, their half-hour line are so good at getting back when they don't have the ball as well. And there's that understanding between the lines that it's almost the further back the field you go in this Limerick team, the less defending you have to do. So they've kind of flipped a lot of things in their head. Like realistically yesterday, Dan Morrissey, Sean Finn, to a lesser extent, Barry Nash especially, they literally had no defending to do because a lot of the time it was three on one. But when you don't have defending to do when players are withdrawing, what you have to be able to do then is work the ball up the field. So I think they have realised this and they have put players in positions like Barry Nash would be a natural forward. Kyle Hayes has played in the forwards. Declan Hannon has played in the forwards. So their understanding of different situations, whether they have to deliver, and Kyle Hayes especially, you know, they have an extra attacking option from left wing back where he can carry the ball. I think it's second to none because, you know, a lot of the, um, the scores in around the um, the half-forward line came from good interplay between um, Garot Hegarty and Tom Morrissey. Kane Lynch was clever with the ball as well. But when you have an option from outside as well, that it's not just the likes of Declan Hannon being able to put the ball over the bar, but when you have Kyle Hayes being able to put the ball on the hurley and create an extra man or bombed all the way through a 70 or 80-yard run straight through on goal, I think it makes you very, very difficult to defend against. So I think as well as defending, you know, the half-hour line are brilliant at defending. Graham Mulcahy did some very good unseen work yesterday. I think the attacking option from back to field, I think, really makes it very, very difficult to break down this Limerick system. And, like, Roy, we've talked so much about the Waterford running game just excelling, but the Limerick swarm yesterday was just immense. They didn't give Waterford much of a chance really to get their running game flowing at all. No, I think I think I think the point Mark makes is 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 the biggest one really from 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 their from their from their forwards is their forwards tackling is, is is just unbelievable. Like you know, like you're right about Graham Mulcahy there. He didn't get on a lot of ball yesterday, but geez, he was everywhere tackling and he was he was buzzing around and he seemed to be pressurising them and you, you could see it early on in the game they forced Waterford into early mistakes in the game and they sort of sort of took the good out of them. and I, th- I think as well they, they, they probably sensed that Fergal Horgan was going to going to allow the game maybe to to develop a little bit and, and, and they probably jumped on that a little bit Limerick as well and used their physicality a lot because they're they're hugely physical and they were sort of they sort of knew early on I think in the game that Torgal wasn't going to blow up maybe the, the handy freeze and they they, they kind of pounced on that and you could see Hegarty and you could see Tom Morrissey and these guys that were really shaking Waterford fellas up and you know their conditioning and their strength was is that that good bit ahead of Waterford and 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 they 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 made advantage of that you know they they really really pressurized them and they really put pressure on them and, and their, their 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 intent early on in the game for me was, was huge from that point of view and then you could hear you could even hear it on the TV the atmosphere from the Limerick team was just you could see that they were really up for this game, and you could see that they were, you know, they, they were they were prime for it. I, I kind of knew coming into the game. I, t- I said it to you the last day. I, I thought Limerick were going to bring this, bring a performance yesterday, and it was going to be up to Waterford to 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 to, to kind of match that. And you know, Limerick, Limerick really, when you're the favourites in a game, you have to bring you have to bring that hunger and drive. Uh, early on and they brought that and I think it really shook Waterford and they struggled to get back into it from there to be fair to Waterford they they they, they worked they worked well in the first half to pro- probably stay in the game to be honest like looking back on it Limerick Limerick had a great goal chance with with, with Kyle Hayes and Keane Lynch that time but realistically Waterford had four goal chances you know you look back on it Jack Fagan had a chance early on 
you know, very unlucky. Probably had more time than he thought, to be honest. He probably could have took it in another few steps and really made sure of it. And then Stephen Bennett had two chances, you know, great tackle from Dermot Burns coming back. But for me as a forward, I think he kind of slowed down when he got the ball and allowed Burns to get back. And the other one, he, he, he kind of took a shot and I think he probably should have passed it into Fagan. So they had three or four goal chances, Wadford, to be fair to him, that if they'd have got them it maybe would have given them a, a bit of momentum to, to drive forward. But I think once they didn't get those goals, I think Limerick, Limerick had the power and they had the, they had the know-how to, to, to drive on from there. And, and, it, and it was really vital for them to get them goals. And I think that that, that really shocked them, to be honest with you. Yeah, and Graham, like even when we were previewing it there um, last Thursday, I think it was, like we kept saying that Waterford need to get two or three goals to even compete in this game. And you kind of knew... Similar to the Munster final, if they were going to bring Limerick into the shootout, Limerick were always going to win it. Yeah, yeah, and Mick, you would love to have seen a few goals against that Limerick side just to see, you know, how they would react because they just seem to be, you know, to be honest with you, just just me, and I know they're saying they're not cruising, but they look to be cruising through the whole championship at a slightly working at a different level. Than, than than the rest of the teams in the, in the championship like they're just phenomenal but um, Jack Fagan will be disappointed to be honest with you lad like an intercounty an intercounty forward coming through should it should at least made Nicky Quaid work a bit you know I I think like you the boy in the bottom right of that screen would have at least got a shot a shot at him there anyway and got him working you know but um, geez lad I'm just thinking there like. It's not. It's not the first time Limerick had a, a real good attack in left half back. Rory, sure, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of breed them, all right, Grant. Yeah, I, I didn't mind attacking, but I, I had a problem with the running part of it. You know? Let the ball, let the ball do the work. I think was uh, the order of the day when I was when I was playing. You know, but like just to look at those Limerick guys up and down the field, it's absolutely phenomenal. Like it's just. Seem to be on a different level athletically, like to a lot of other teams. Now I know, like um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to recreate the likes of the Gerard Hegarty, six foot five, Kyle Hayes, six foot five. These guys, like Tom Morrissey, I, I say, like he's like a blindside wing forward on a rugby team. He's just a huge unit. Um, you know, the, these are all natural athletes, like, and uh, you know, whereas their athletic development has been helped with this and you know you hear a lot of talk about this academy like does that has really aided them like but I just think myself looking at it I mean you see the very first score and as you see it replicated a lot of times especially in the opening sequences uh, in, in these games where Limerick are playing is that you have a rock situation develops there in the, in, in the Waterford half you have eight or nine people around the ball I just think nearly it's gone to the stage now where a lot of teams won't even contest those rocks and they might leave. It's something that may, might be looked at maybe by teams in, 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 in the, over the next few months because the championship's coming on fairly soon, is teams might not even contest those. They might leave Limerick, have possession, and then defend it. Because what's happening is, what advantage is it to Watford winning a ball in a ruck yesterday? Because they don't have the power to break out. Limerick turn them over, and then you have them you have them in a in a in a in a crowd, and it's a simple pop pass out to Tom Morrissey and an easy score, like you know, whereas if at least if you allow Limerick possession and try and wrap them up, at least you have a chance of marking the likes of Tom Morrissey then, who was only waiting on the fringes of a of a ruck for a handy pass and an easy score like so. I think on the power side of things, they're just a little bit ahead of other teams at the moment. And it's you know, especially I, I said it there a couple of months ago to 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 in, in one of the previews, like it doesn't it didn't necessarily disadvantage Limerick that the championship was played in wintertime. 
you know, because they're just that little bit more physical and they're, they're a little bit more developed, I think, physically than a lot of other teams. And the closer the exchanges and the more physical it was, the more it would nearly suit them, you know. And Rory, have you ever seen two better wing forwards than Garrow Hegarty and Tom Arcy on the same All-Ireland winning team? And sure, ah, there's been a few good ones, Paul. But no, to be to be to be fair to the two lads, in 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 the last in the last two year two or three years with Limerick, sure, they're 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 the real fellas that that that, that most teams will be will be trying to replicate. To be fair, you know, they're not just good, they're not just good attacking wise. They're they're excellent defensively as well. If you look at them, they they, they like very rarely do Limerick swap that position with with those guys. It's always Hegarty and Morrissey in those positions, and they're there for a reason. They're not just there to attack. They you, you see them every time the ball goes back over their head. They're back inside, back nearly down at the at their own 45 try, trying to uh, 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 cut out the space and, and, and to help out their own wing backs and their tackling and, and, and everything and then they're just they're just great movers as well I'd, I'd love to be at the game to be honest with you to see Gerard Hegarty's movement because to me for, 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 for a big player like his movement seems to be fantastic. Most of the time, when he gets gets the ball, he seems to have he seems to have five, six, seven yards on his player, and he and he seems to be on his own. So I I'd love to see what what he's doing as regards moving because he's he's everywhere. To be fair to him, he's not just playing on his own wing when it's not going right for him. Maybe or he's not not in the game. All of a sudden, he pops up on the far side of the field, or he pops up in 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 the full forward line, and he he seems to be hugely his his fitness levels are big. And, and 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 to be fair to him, he's 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 everywhere. He's not he's he doesn't wait for the ball to come to him. He he tries to influence the game a lot. I think to be fair to him, but you know they've been great. Like like look look at the All Ireland final yesterday. Like twelve points from play from two wing forwards. I don't, I don't think it's ever been seen. To be honest with you, I was I was looking back on some some scores. You know over over the last few years and. Like the biggest All Ireland defeat I can remember is is Watford against Kilkenny in 08. and I was just looking at the scores in that, and the most the Kilkenny fella got in that game was was one four in the end of half hour. I know Larkin got one four from play in, in that game, and they won by won by thirty points. Yesterday, Gerard Hegarty is getting seven points in play, and Tom Morrissey gets five. Like you know. If you got five points in play as a wing forward, you'd be hoping to get man in the match. And he wasn't even near it, to be honest with you. Like, your old Hegarty, would have to be man in the match. Like, that's just telling you the level that they're playing at, you know. And they're, they're, they're operating, as, as, as Mark said already, really. Tom Morrissey is an absolute tank. You know, he, he seems to be very, very consistent in his play. And he, he, he just do, does the hard yards all the time. And then Hegarty, as well as the work rate, he has all the skills, his, 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 his hurling ability, his wrists. Everything is there, and then then he brings that edge to it as well. To be fair to him, he he puts himself about. You know, he he's not afraid to put in a tackle, or he's not afraid to to hit a lot of slap of a hurl either, or, or or use his body. And you know, he really uses that six foot six inches that he has, and 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 imposes himself on the op, opposition players. But I think it's really interesting going forward. To be honest with you, how how teams I know we're looking at yesterday, but how teams are going to look at them now going forward? Like to be honest with you. They've dominated the championship, both those players. They've absolutely dominated the championship. And for me, and I'm I'm always harping on it, but I think they're being given way too much freedom. Whatever is happening, other teams are giving those two guys too much freedom, to be honest with you. Like yesterday, Waterford will be very disappointed with, with that. The two boys are great players, to be fair, and I'm not going to run down their performance. But like they're getting points and, and they're getting balls on their own. Like... 
I'm at home playing third level hurling with my club now and I wouldn't get as much time as some of those guys are getting in an All-Ireland final and I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing going forward how are teams going to try and shut down these two guys because they're to, to me they're the two key men like you can talk about anyone else Gillan you can talk about Keane Lynch you can talk about their halfbacks their two key men are Tom Morrissey and Gerard Hegarty and they, and they have won the All-Ireland for Limerick this year for me to be honest with you Morrissey was the man in the semi-final both of them were the men the other night and they're the difference to be honest with you and they've been, they've been brilliant so to be fair to the, those guys was a great performance but from Waterford's point of view I'd still say that I, I, I'd be I, looking at it looking back on the highlights and looking at the game yesterday there was too many times that they're on their own and market knows a wing back if you give a wing forward of that cal- calibre any time or space they're going to punish you and those guys did it in spades to be honest with you and Graham, like even if we're looking at Stephen O'Keefe's some of his puckouts he'd work it short give it to maybe McNulty and Kenny but they just received the ball drive it down long and into three Limerick defenders and like it was so hard for Stephen O'Keefe because if he was hitting it long, the Limerick half back line were winning all day. But eventually, Waterford work it short, but then they just keep going long. But Limerick, Limerick are that well set up. They know what to do if the opposition two gets it. They know what to do if the opposition three gets it. Four, and they've the processes the whole time. Um, but again, again, just just even reiterating what Rory said there. You know, do. Do, does the left half and the right half back push on to uh, Groot Hegarty and Tom Morrissey and leave, leave a load of room inside for Graham Mulcahy and Aaron Gallan? You know, and to me, yesterday, Warford were doing neither. They were caught in between game plans. And, you know, if, if, going forward, I think what you'll find is uh, teams will just go and push on their player or they'll either do that or sit away back, one of the two. But to me, Limerick were Limerick or Waterford had a chance to look and analyse into serious depth into that Limerick side how the tech and everybody in the company that like we have been talking about in the podcast the last few few months their the half forward line their midfield coming bombing forward and they still had no answer to it. So like Rory says, you would love to be at the game because you're trying to analyse a game that you're not at and you're sort of looking at it on TV. But Jesus, I I can't wait to some of these games open up to go and see this Limerick side and see where Garou Hegarty goes, see where Tom Morrissey goes, see where Keane Lynch goes. But I thought, Paul, getting back to the point you are saying about puckouts, everyone needs an exit strategy now against Limerick. You know, and, and see going 1v1, in my opinion, against these boys. Like, why not even drag a half-forward away across and go 3v1 and see if one of them drags across or something? I just think that's the way it's gone. You can't go and bomb the ball between Jack Fagan and, 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 and what do you call him, Dermot Burns now. I would like to see someone coming across and make a two-on-one somewhere against Dermot Burns. Nearly hold him down or something, stop him from catching it. And, and see if you pick up a break or two. Because even if Limerick didn't win it, they picked up the breaks as well. So, like, where is the chinks in their armour? You know, their full-back lane so steady, their half-back lane, their midfield... Their forwards are so well set up on their puckouts. Oh my God! Like it's, it's just unbelievable. I see, I see there uh, some sort of stat that fifteen percent of their scores are coming from turnover from opposition puckouts. That is unbelievable. Like you take it, they're scoring thirty points. So fifteen or twenty percent of that is from turnovers from opposition puckouts. Like, like they really have went into depth as well, lads. Not just size ways. 
they went into real depth of of the game of hurling, and and how it, how how they really get every single wee percentage out of each player. Like they're 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 something else, and it's going to take some team to beat them, lads. I think I think if you I think if you look at Don and and Graham is right. Like I was I was thinking about that today and different things, but like they're they're. Their their management team like go through it like you know like John John Kiley obviously a great manager in, in his own right but then he then then he has Paul Kinnock who who's who's the guru in coaching at this stage seems to be like he has he has the Midas touch really like many are learners is he won at this stage three seniors anyway and you know you've 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 Caroline Corrid who's the top top sports psychologist in the country really at this stage her her. Her her level of 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 success is just out of this world, really. I think she's won with four counties now: Tyrone, Dublin, Tipperary, and and, and two with Limerick. So she's she's five All Irelands under under her belt. And then, to me, uh, probably a fellow who's not maybe mentioned, and, and I I know him pretty well. And he's involved with the club with me, but a fellow called Shawnee O'Donnell is there is there is their analyst man he's on the camera and to me that fella is a genius i i i i i've seen him i've seen him in for, work at first hand and like he the level he went to with, with our club team at home was just out of this world so i could only imagine what he went to what what he's going to with the resources he has behind behind him in limerick like it's just it's just out of this world like they're they're, they're operating at a higher level than everybody else and to be fair to them they're showing they're showing huge ambition they have the resources behind them, but they're, but they're putting the resources to good use. They're getting the best of the best in their setup, and and that's that that that's plain plain to see for me. To be honest with you, if you have the best of the best there, the players will respond to that, and 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 and, and you can really see the success Limerick are getting from it. And Mark, even the execution, like in the full forward line, like the Waterford full back line stages. Don't average him right, but some outrageous scores from Seamus Flanagan and Angelan yesterday. Yeah, it, again, it was just one of those days, you know, where everything went right. Um, Seamus Flanagan got two sending scores over the shoulder, Angelan the same. So it was just one of those days, I think, that kind of saved the best point to last, really. Everything that could go right did go right. Um, you know, very little went wrong there. The, the missed goal opportunity that Limerick had. And on top of that, then they just conceded a, a, too many frees in the first half. So, other than that, very few negatives in 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 the performance. You know, it, it was um, it was almost a complete complete performance. Um, so they'd be they'd be very very happy with that. And I suppose just to maybe just go back to what 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 the lads Graham and, and Rory were saying there. I mean, it's no coincidence like that they have got the best people available to them. Like, and that's that's absolutely driving standards through the roof. Then, like, but. I suppose from maybe opposition's point of view, then it's just trying to maybe step away back and and and, and see where the improvements can be made in terms of opposition. Looking at Limerick, I think definitely, and Graham would be very familiar with this, being goalkeeper and and goalkeeping coaches. I think opposition that the opposition pokeouts, I think all year, I think really have kind of um, they've given Limerick a massive platform. Like they've they've got huge amount of scores from the opposition pokeouts, and I think there hasn't been enough analysis done maybe on the opposition. For their own pokeouts in terms of how to deal with Limerick and what they do, like, and you know, I think this is going to open up a kind of um, maybe more thinking. I think the 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 um, the, um, the pokeout strategy of, of counties, I think, is going to have to be improved. And I think, like, you're you're almost looking. I think just just uh, to to, uh, to go back to what Graham said there, even the two on one. I think you're nearly looking at the three half forwards almost nearly moving as a unit now. 
to try and give you some protection for your backline in terms of the shape. Like if you do lose a puck out, that it's not a straight, it's not a straight away a counter attacking opportunity for Limerick, which is what they have been doing all year. Any puck out that has been broken down, Limerick have been getting on possession, and it's a massive counter attacking opportunity straight away because their 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 midfield has been pushed back, their half forward has been pushed back, and you're looking at a multitude of space then to, to to run into. So, I think. The half forward line, even 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 if Waterford tried it there yesterday, just get their three half forwards on one side of the field, get the ball to ground, and make it a contest. Then that if you lose the ball, even well, it's not a counter attacking opportunity. Your numbers are right, your shape, defensive shape is right, and if you do win the puck out, then well, then you've one one area of the field. You might have one person there. It's a whole area of the field that you have to work into, and the modern game now is about getting the halfbacks up the field and getting onto that ball, crossfield ball, and creating opportunities after that. But I suppose going on to what Rory said as well, which is the vital point here about Limerick and, and, and um, the year to date, everything revolves around the half-forward line, Gerard Hegarty and Tom Morrissey, and the work they do on the ball is, we all know that, but is the work they do without the ball is crucial there because there's an understanding between everyone on the team. The crucial thing about, the, about them is that they all go forward and back together at the same time and that's the crucial thing there because you know if there was gaps in the system and there was a lack of understanding there well straight away then you're going to exploit those gaps but the crucial thing is they move together when they when they concede possession they all defend together and funnel back so like you can almost count on one hand and this is the thing i'm saying about limerick and their system how many times has a limerick player in the full back line had to deal with a situation where they're one-on-one. I'd say almost hardly even a handful all year. There's always help there. So the system is almost perfected, but it's definitely been aided by, I think, a lot of inter-county opposition managers not identifying, I think, uh, ways to break that system down. And Rory, a lot of the talk now, I suppose, about Limerick is, can they go on and do what the great Kilkenny team done and really push it on. They've won two All-Irelands in three years, probably feel they should have won three All-Irelands in three years now. But do you think they can go on and reach the heights which the great Kilkenny teams um, have done? Well, sure. I suppose that that sort of a thing is is, is, is always, probably the day, the day after an All-Ireland final is, is what we what we generally get into talking about is... is the team that wins the All Ireland are going to dominate. You know, it's it's not, it's not as simple as that, really. You know, Limerick, Limerick. To be fair to them, they 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 have they have a great team and they have they have huge backup in the in their in their bench as well. Like like they're they're missing Mike Casey and Richie English yesterday, like out of their backline. They're they're to come into it and the forward subs they're bringing on. You're bringing on Peter Casey, like he'd be the top forward in most counties, and he's being brought on. Adrian Breen is coming on there, a great club forward as well, and David Reedy and Pat, Pat Ryan, and like a fellow I've said to you before, he doesn't even seem to be in the subs as David Dempsey, and he he, he 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 seems to be a very good player. He'd be on any county team in the country, so they certainly they certainly have the resources, you know, and uh, all of that sort of thing comes down to down to really the attitude of the players in, in a certain sense. Do, do they do they do they really want to go for it now, and do do they want to make hay now when when they have it, you know? It's not going to last forever. Any of these things, you know. So Lim- Limerick have the have the opportunity and they have the the tools there at the moment to, to to go at it. And like if I'm looking at it from the outside today, I'm 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 thinking about it and I'm seeing who, who's really going to be able to put it up to them. I I I don't see a huge amount to be honest with you. I I I, I see 
like looking at the at the at the opposition, like you're thinking about Tipperary and Munster, you know, are they are they aging that little bit? Maybe have they got the new players coming? You know, Cork are still in transition. Clare, I couldn't see Clare, Clare or Waterford, I couldn't see both of them beating Limerick, to be honest. And then you go back to Leinster, Kilkenny are slipping, to be honest. We said that the last day and they, they need to maybe find five or six players. And at the same time, Galway as well, the same thing. They put it up to them strongly in the final. But do they have that real spark now anymore without maybe Joe Canning probably operating at, 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 the, at the full of his powers, you know? And and my own county, Wexford, I, I, I couldn't see us putting it up to Limerick either, to be honest. So it's there for Limerick. To be honest with you, if, if if they want to drive on, and I'm sure John Kiley strikes me as a fellow who's very very level headed, and he he seems to have a good a good man a good handle on those Limerick lads. I'd say you know from what I see from them, there's a you know there's probably a wildness in some of them Limerick guys this, that that maybe we, it doesn't come out, but he, he he seems to be good at kind of channeling that and control and that, and if he, if he can control that. They certainly have the resources and the and the players and the power to to drive on, you know. And 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 just looking at them, they seem to be very very ambitious. And if if, if they can go at at it again next year, they're they're going to take huge huge stop. And to be honest with you, and Graham, I suppose something that's being talked about is should a black hair be implemented into hurling? Um, Will O'Donoghue yesterday um, pulls the Waterford player down coming through on goal. Do you think it's time now, because we have seen a lot of this cynical play, especially in this year's championship? I don't know, I don't know uh, about a black card, um, to be honest with you. I wouldn't want really to copy copy the football end of it at all. Like, But even even if you look at it like Colin Spade of Spade, I thought Declan Hammond's, Declan Hammond's challenge on, on Desi Hutchinson early on was a reckless challenge. He was making sure that, like, was it Mark or Rory said earlier, that he was making sure that there was... Um, he was getting across anyway. I think he was caught out slightly, and he and, and he was coming across, and he was making sure that Desi Desi Hutchison wasn't going round him anyway. But no, I do I do think that that, that uh, if they have another few instances of this, say next year, they will have to do something about it, you know, because it is getting that professional, and it's getting that a lot of these incidents are, are actually getting highlighted in TV a lot now. Um, so I do think there will be something done, though I wouldn't like to see a, a, a black card. As such, I just I, I would just give a penalty and that's it. No matter where it happens, give a penalty and you'll see see how it goes. Because I do think that the one sort of lack, the one sort of wee thing I would love to see back in the hurling is, is goal scoring. You know, I'd love to see some sort of way. I know I know a penalty is not the same sort of thing as, as a lovely goal. Like if, if Limerick had a scored out at the weekend there, what what sort of way it would it would look? But I, I just think. Limerick are going for 30 points. Tepper going for, you know, I just think that they've no need to go for point, for goals. So they'll go for their 30 points. So many, so many possessions in their forward line and so many shots off and see what we can get. So I, I personally wouldn't want to see a black card, Paul, myself. Everybody's an opinion on these sort of things. But if it is deemed to be, to me, uh, a reckless foul with a one-on-one with a goalkeeper or a two-on-one or whatever, Give a penalty and see how it goes. Um, even during the league or something to see see what way. Again, everybody's their opinion on these wee things, Paul. I just think that I wouldn't want to see black cards in Hurland, to be honest. And Mark, like this Limerick system, it, it's been talked about so much. But the great thing about this system from a Limerick perspective is John Kiley and Paul Connect do. 
the Limerick players are able to express themselves. Like we've seen this skills, Keen Lynch has done all these different players have done. They're able to express themselves and try these things because of the Limerick system. Definitely. Well, I, I suppose what I've said there in the last 10 minutes or so is what to do without the ball and how to break it down. But with the ball, there's no doubt like they've, they've kind of brought it to a new level. And like even yesterday, like in difficult enough conditions, you know, their control was fantastic. Ball straight to hand all the time, like which is key, like which gives you that extra fraction of a second to do things. And I suppose just going back to the system then that they have as well, it's normally a lot of their a lot of their really good stuff is done like when they're on a counter attack, which means you have more space than you normally would if a, if you had a a structured defence as, as such, like so they have that extra little bit of space. So they're on, you know, their touch is so good on top of that then and control is so good. You know they have that fraction of time to really do the right thing with the ball and their movement is so good like but then again their movement they're they're, they're, they're i suppose look paul kenner's very 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 clever coach like and, and and maybe like what limerick have managed to achieve there and like there's been similarities in a kind of an earlier version of this with Clare, is maybe he's looking at this from a different angle like you know we all look at the, the hurling games traditionally as you know, traditional games are hurling like that. The best team is the team with the most skill, etc. And and like, but and then you have different other elements like you know intelligence, use of the ball, movement, all that kind of stuff. But Paul probably sees it to be fair. Now I don't know the guy at all. And John Kiley, I suppose, would have a certain amount of experiences of this as well. I suppose like they come from a, like John played a lot of hurling, but John comes from a football background, a football club rather, and so does Paul Knerk and Monaline. Like they'd be more known as a football club, even though they're making great strides in hurling and will be a powerhouse in Limerick over the next few years. So maybe it's from that background that this kind of a, it's like a hybrid kind of a game, like has been produced, like and it gives the license to express yourself and to really show all your skills. But on top of that, the movement and the possession and control and minding the ball like is is top class as well like so i suppose in reality like the game has completely changed like it's it's it, over the last maybe 10 15 years like it's gone from it's gone from a a, a a game where you know it's gone from a striking game now to a possession game and uh, it gives the opportunity then to good forwards and good players to really showcase their skills and i think limerick have kind of have really brought that on there in the last couple of years in the way they they mind the ball but they're you know there's other elements to it as well they, they nearly, nearly play like a, a basketball team in that when they attack they all attack together which is brilliant to see and when they don't have the ball they all defend together like and that's what makes them i think so so successful at the moment it's really working it's a joy it's a you know it's really it's really great to see the one the one negative about it as well which is what graham was saying there is that they don't score enough goals and i suppose there's maybe a couple of reasons for that like you know a good ball goes into seamus flanagan like it's like seamus is nearly bent from taking his man on and really having a go at goal it's either kind of out the field put it over your shoulder over the bar or else a pop off a pass to a runner who's coming on your inside who might go for a a, a goal then themselves so maybe that's one reason and the second reason is maybe sometimes there's not any 50 50 balls put on the edge of the square because you know coming from a football background that's just now seen as giving away possession or giving away the percentage of uh, winning the possession so um i suppose maybe that's one reason why and it's a little bit of spontaneity that's gone from the game now but you just have to roll with it and i'm quite happy with it anyway as long as the results keep going away there <laughs> I, I i think i think paul though i think if you if you if i was to give limerick a compliment today to be honest with you and i was just thinking about it like i i don't find limerick to be the most exciting team of all time to be honest with you 
but I, I think they're the most efficient team of all time. Yeah. Like they're just they're just so efficient in everything that they do. They, they they don't waste the ball. They make they make every tackle count. And then they're shooting like the twenty four points from play in the final yesterday. Their 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 options. They 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 just they they, they never seem to panic in, in in possession. They never take a wild shot. You know, like yeah. going back to going back to maybe ten years ago with Limerick, always had great players, but. Had a tendency to maybe take take wild wild shots and maybe maybe miss opportunities that maybe that could have been made better use of and they make absolutely every every use of every possession that they have you know and like that that to me is is a huge compliment to to, to the team the players and the management and I think their, their their efficiency is just out of this world to be honest with you yeah and I was I was actually watching the the first round game there um when they played Clare and it was one of my friends text me, I don't know, Garrod, I think Garrod got, oh, did he get five or six points that day as well? But he sent me a message, it's a friend of mine from Limerick and obviously he said, you know, like, this isn't, this, this isn't real championship because Garrod Hegarty's points, he all scored, he scored them all from a standing position, you know, which isn't real, kind of wouldn't be reflective of championship hurling normally you're under serious pressure, a fella's hanging out, you're hitting it on the run over the shoulder, whatever. But it was almost the same yesterday. You know what I mean? So I think to be fair, that's a compliment to the movement and the understanding that they have and, you know, the system that they have. And I suppose everything that you'd read so much about them, like that they do in training is almost geared towards match day scenarios. And it's even more intense than that. So, you know, that they're able to, to hit the field and it's almost a little bit easier on the, the match than it is in training. So, you know, it's just a new normal, really. And you have to kind of get used to it, I suppose. And it's a uh, it's brilliant like to see the creation of those scores and the amount of scores they create. Like they create 40 chances normally and take 30 like they did yesterday. So that's, if you were to tell like, if we were to sit here 10 years ago and you were told that, you'd say you're off your head like. But it's just a completely different game now. So you've got to run with it and it's 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 great to see at times. Yeah. And Graham, like a terrific game for Waterford get to the final. But if you're looking at it the other way then, they didn't win a game in two years, but they've lost two All-Irelands within the space of four years, which is going to hurt them. It is, it is. And, but but uh, I love this guy, Liam Cahill, like, even after the game, Paul, did you see, did you hear a couple of, uh, a few of the comments that he made, like, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to troll the county and see if we can get new talent. That was number one. Number two, we'll have to look at our strength and conditioning plan and, and see if we can get fitter and stronger for next year. Instead of sitting crying, crying into you know, instead instead of sort of sitting crying and very disappointed this and very disappointed that, I thought he was looking forward more than sort of dwelling on on the game. And yes, he he gave Limerick their dues and said that Limerick were an excellent side. But I think he'd come away and he'd be saying to himself, "Listen, we need to be big. We need to be strong. We need to be fit. We need to be trying to beat Limerick. Everybody will be setting their sights on Limerick now. Like that's the way." It seems to happen in the Liam McCarthy Championship. There's 20 or 30 years. Whoever's going well, everyone's trying to get up there. What are they doing? So so um, it will be interesting to see. But I still think he won't be that disappointed, Paul. Coming in there, getting in all-iron final, I think he would have took it at the start of the year. And I don't think the players will be overly too disappointed either. Yes, they'll be disappointed for a week or two. But, Jesus, you know, you would have took it yourself at the start of the year if you have been a Waterford man. And, and hopefully to build on it next year as well. Like, but I was just talking. I was just thinking earlier there too. You know, if you're looking, if you're looking some, if you're looking some motivation or some video for for any team in the country, 
to look and see what sums up Limerick. It's the first two minutes of the game last yesterday. Seamus Flanagan, Seamus Flanagan stripped the ball of, of, of the number two. Um, somebody else put a tackle in and promptly. Next thing, somebody's tapping over the bar. It was it it it, it, it just encapsulated everything about this Limerick side. All the hard work, all the hard work. About three times you thought Waterford were going to come out with it. Next thing, bang, point for Limerick. And I just think if any coach is listening to this, all you have to do is say work rate. This is exactly what work rate is. Add it to quality then of the score. I, I just thought it was some score at the very start of the match. And like people, I heard, heard some of the Marty Morrissey, some of them saying about Seamus Flanagan, he was in because of his size and he, he queried that himself. He has some quality. Like some of the scores these Limerick players are taking are unbelievable, and you have to give it to Waterford. Like Rory says, Paul, they stuck with Limerick for a lot of the game, where you thought that Limerick were going to take over and win by a lot, and Waterford missed their chances too. But I just think I just think that Waterford won't be too despondent. But there'll be a lot of teams now this time next year. There's been a sort of a Coaches have been given a buy ball. Some some of the other coaches away from Limerick and Waterford have been given a buy ball because of the year that's been in it. There'll be no buy ball this time next year. It'll be they've been given a year to work on all the stuff they need to be working at. Davy Davy Fitz down there with Rory Jacob and them boys. There'll be no excuses this time next year. They have to go full tilt into it. Matty Kenny in Dublin, uh, Brian Cody, all them boys will be looking to, looking to have a go at Limerick, and there'll be no excuses this time next year. And a size that will be looking to hit the ground running next year into Lee McCarthy is Antrim Mank. Uh, 22 points to 117 winners over Kerry. And the pure passion by Darren Gleeson, even with Donald Nugent there at the end of the game, celebrating. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, to be fair, um, you know, very passionate hurling community in Antrim. And I know sure Graham is right beside them there. So I know there's a lot of work going on there. And of course, you have the Casement Park project as well, which is which is about to take off too. So look, it's um, it's very positive from an Antrim point of view uh, to be realistic, I suppose. And I know a lot of the Kerry lads, it was kind of nearly a two-point hammering. They were way, way better than Kerry on the day and deserved to win by a lot more. So I think, you know, it's well-deserved. Um, that's their first, second, third, fourth time beating Kerry this year. And they were the top two teams in the, in, in the Joe McDonough. So yeah, exciting times ahead for Antrim. And uh, I suppose... Um, They'd be really looking forward to, to getting back and getting training again and getting ready to, to face the um, the Leinster Championship next year. And uh, like they want, uh, I know I was listening to a bit of commentary on TV yesterday. I think Don Lowe was saying that they'd struggle and maybe they will. But certainly Antrim will be looking at uh, the likes of, you know, the likes of Leash, the likes of Dublin, um, you know, and, and having a real cut off of them. Like, because, um, you know, there's some good players in Antrim, like, and I think if they kind of knit together and, uh, get them all pulling in the right direction and of course um, get up to that speed like there, there is a big difference obviously like between uh, you know not Leinster Championship and Joe McDonough get up to the speed of the game I think you know they, they, they could ruffle a few feathers and Rory like I suppose like even looking ahead for, for next year like, they have some terrific forwards um, Kieran Clark obviously Niall McKenna but to be able to bring in someone yesterday of the calibre of Neil McMahon is, it was just huge like yeah, sure. He 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 was the difference really in the end to give them give them the real push forward. You know, like Neil McManus, I, I would have played against him a good bit myself, obviously. But 
Jesus, he's some hurler. Like that fella, he he'd play centre back, he'd play centre forward, he'd play midfield, he'd play anywhere on the field. He'd make he'd make any team in the country. To be honest with you, and when you when you were able to spring a fella like him from the bench, and to to, to like the, to be honest, he's the best player in Antrim, and you're bringing him on, on from the bench with what twenty five minutes left. Like it's some lift for a team at that stage. Where to be fair, at that stage, Antrim had probably got a foot had. had taking control of the game anyway and they're bringing him on then to really drive the nail home you know like he gets he gets a point from out on the sideline like it's like it's like he's on the 21 yard line in front of the goal he just nonchalantly puts it over and he he slots over two two long two or three long range frees as well and just just the coolness of him to, to do that and like answer my i'd agree with mark they, they they had a few excellent players from either their forwards like uh not only that, they brought on young Cunning there in the forwards. I thought he was excellent, Con- Connell Cunning. He won- he won he won two frees and he and he and he, and, he, and he got two points as well. And like he offered an awful lot. And then Clark, then in the full forward line as well, young Kieran Clark. He did a lot of hurling, especially the first half when, when you know maybe there wasn't as many Antrim players playing as well. But he was he was offering an an, an awful lot in there for them. And uh, young McKenna wing forward as well. Geez, I thought he was impressive. To be honest with you, I hadn't seen much of him, but. Like there's 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 hurling there's hurlers in Antrim like 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 go go to the clubs like there's there's Dunloy there's Cushendall there's Lockheel Shamrocks there's other clubs up there as well very very strong clubs who are who are absolutely de- dedicated to hurling and mad for hurling so you know there, there's there's hurlers there in Antrim it's just as about Mark as Mark said. You know, getting up to the speed of it now in the in the next few months and keep working. You know, yesterday for Antrim probably wasn't their most impressive performance, but you know it was all about getting over the line yesterday. You know, yesterday, yesterday a final like that is 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 in certain ways a final like that is a more nervous in, situation than the Liam McCarthy because in in certain ways there's nearly more at stake because the, these guys are playing for their their future next year. Really, you know, Kerry are back down in the in the Joe McDonough, whereas Antrim now they have a bright future now next year if they, if they can. Get everybody playing. Get every, everybody driving on. You know, take take it two or three weeks now to obviously enjoy it, and then get back get back to the training field and uh, and start working again and get up to the speed of things because it'd be great to see Antrim. You know, get being very very competitive. You know, getting get getting up with the leashes, the Dublins, the Wexfords, even the Kilkennys of the world. You know, there's no reason why not. You know, if they put their shoulder to the wheel and and they put the resources into it, like. I, I go back to it again. The hurlers are there in Antrim. The the interest is there, and if if they apply themselves properly, I think I think they they, they have a bright future. Absolutely, and Graham, like to be in Division One in the league is going to help Antrim massively to develop into the Leicester Championship. Oh, it's great preparation for Antrim, like you know, um, and it'll maybe give them a bit of a taster for for the likes of the Leinster Championship. Um, so, so like, make no make no bones about it. Antrim have been trying this for years now to try to get to this level because they, they would they would be saying that they're isolated. You know, they're 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 not in 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 around Dublin. They're not in around Wexford, Dublin, Kilkenny, and not exposed to the level of hurling that these other counties are exposed to. So, so there will be no excuse now. You know, they're they're well looked after now in Antrim. They have Darren Gleeson there. It'll bring that bit of southern cuteness to them and, and a bit of experience at the highest level. Um, you know that they have that they seem to have said I've said before. You know, in, in Down and Antrim and Derry, you always find in these sort of weaker counties, there's half a dozen boys not committing to the group, and there's always you'll always hear comments from supporters saying, "Ah, oh, sure, there's two or three boys not playing for the county that are good enough." 
that's probably not the case in Antrim. They're probably fully stacked with their best players. Um, they're they're running a they're running a, a, a massive thing in Belfast now to promote hurling, mainly in the city, like Gilfast, you call it, and all yeah. the coaches are there. All the very best coaches in Antrim are are working under Gilfast, and it's a very very well run thing. So Antrim have to perform now because they're they're well backed. Um, they have the Gilfast project that's back to the GA and all coming. And, and like the guys were saying there, like there's another guy there coming on there, lads, playing for the come on for Anthem yesterday. And I've seen him in action and seen him in close quarters a lot. There's a guy, Connor Johnson. And there's two brothers. There's a guy, Kieran Johnson. Uh, I think he's been, he's had a bad injury all year. Um, he's been on the extended panel, I think. And Connor Johnson would be in the forward line. He was only brought on yesterday for 10 minutes. He is an absolute class act. Like he'll he'll be playing probably next year, um, every game for Antrim. Like this wee guy is some hurler. Um, Kieran Clark, at Ballygalgut we'd be playing Ballycastle. We would be probably in the last couple of years bottom of the Antrim League or you know one of the bottom two or three or four or five teams, the lower tier at the top of the Antrim League. But see Kieran Clark, you have to nearly put two men on him every week. Yeah. And that and and, and they, like that's not talking like we have, we have a guy playing for us, uh, John McManus. He's as good a defender as as I've seen in in Ireland. Um, and John McManus has his hands full with Kieran Clark. Like they're, they're it's some battle between them lads. You know when we like we're playing in Anthem League Division One and we are up against it with Dunloy or Lockheed, But there's some excellent uh, players as well. McKenna McKenna would be playing for a team Sarsfield. They'd be um they'd probably been in Division Two a lot. Um, but again, Belfast teams have really risen in the last two or three years with this Gilfast project coming and hurling yeah. city. Like you take a big city like like Belfast, lads, they should yeah. be producing yeah. good clubs. Like you know, and 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 Antrim is a big hurling county. At the bottom line, is they're a, they're a big hurling county. So I am looking forward to it because we'll go to a lot of the games and we'll see where Antrim are at. And it, it's going to be it's going to be exciting times for hurling up here. You know. I think everyone's kind of looking forward to it, really, um, Graham. Like you know, because like, uh, like yourselves, like Antrim have a huge tradition. Like I remember going up to Crow Park when you know when it was, they were nearly guaranteed to get to the um, the um, the All Ireland semi final every year. Like and rent they rent Kilkenny. You go all the way back to nineteen eighty seven. They played Kilkenny and Dundalk. Like and took Kilkenny all day to beat them. Like and you go all the way through. Then they got to the All Ireland final in ninety nine or eighty nine. But I think. They met Kilkenny in 91 or 92 and like they really had Kilkenny on the ropes as well like so they have a massive like no different to yourselves in down like I remember going to league matches when they were in division one like and like they had great players like the likes of Noel Sands, Jeremy McGrattan, they met Cork and Ireland semi-final one year like and nearly took them out like great players so there's huge tradition up there like I just think myself like and and I I was at the county final in in Antrim last year in Bellicastle like fantastic like so great players up there like um, you know, between like, the clubs and the Glens, you like because you start at the top, Belly Castle, and then you have Lock Gale, and you have Dunloy, and you have Cushendall. Like they're all great teams. Like, but I think from a development point of view, and, and Graham just said it there about Galefast, like, like they really need to get Belfast going. And I think what what was really a, a positive thing I think this year about the uh, pandemic was a lot of the matches were online. Like, and I, I watched a lot of matches in Antrim, and it was great to see the two semi-finals. Like, Donovan Ross were in the semi-final, in yeah. one semi-final. I think St. John's were, were in the other one, Graham, was it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, and they were two fantastic games. Two, the two county semi-finals were absolutely top drawer stuff. Like, So I think, from a development point of view, yeah, 
strategically like long term like you're you, you know if you're just relying on the clubs and the blends like you're probably going to struggle like you know to, to, to really get up to the top table so I think their strategy is right to really get Belfast kind of up and moving like because there's a huge population in Belfast and there's a, there's a lot of clubs in Belfast as well Graham. like isn't there you go like St. Paul's are, are a dual club there as well you have the Rosses you have St. John's you know you've loads of clubs in Belfast so I think if they can get Belfast up and running and uh, really pump resources. I think like it's 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 in the GA's best interest. I think like it's really important like to have hurling strong in, in in Ulster. And I think like if 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 Antrim kind of got up to the top table, got Belfast City going, and got the clubs there going, as as well as getting support from you know the traditional areas in the Glens, like which are always going to have hurling. And, like I think you know having the likes of Kilkenny and having the likes of Tape and Cork and Limerick. Wexford and Dublin and all these teams going to going to Casement Park when it's redeveloped. I think it's it's going to be a massive shot in the arm for hurling, not only in Antrim, but I think like it'll filter down. Sure, you're right beside him there and the Arab oh, Peninsula, you know, and you have the other teams then in Ulster as well, like that have done very well this year in the various different competitions as well. So I think it's going to be it's going to be really exciting times for hurling in Ulster. And just the final, I suppose the last final to talk about before uh, our hurling all stars. Um, Rory, um, Kilkenny winning the Camogie 114 to 111, but I suppose it, it was great, really, a superb game in the Camogie final. And I suppose with the 20 by 20 women's, women's campaign, the the viewership, I suppose, a quarter of a million people um, watching it as well. It's just unbelievable, really. Yeah, and I, th- I think one of the reasons why there's so many people watching it, Paul, to be honest with you, is the standard of the Camogie game has gone up through the roof for me, to be honest with you. The the, 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 the fitness levels, the tactics, the, the, the hurling ability of, of, the, of the girls is just is just improving all the time, to be honest with you. And, like, the, the, game, on, the game on Saturday evening, I really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. I, 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 I think Kilkenny... To be fair, like I, th- I think they won in All Ireland. What was it in twenty fifteen or sixteen? And they've been beaten in the last three in a row. And like that's tough to take. That's not that's not simple. And to me, like it takes it takes a great team to win. But like Mayo in the football, I think it takes an even greater team to keep on coming back, keep keep coming, keep coming, keep knocking on the door. And like their hunger and their passion for hurling, Kilkenny, sure it's it's unrivaled really. And and that that all came out there on 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 on, on Saturday evening really. I, Brian Dowland, their manager, I'd know him, I'd know him well. I, I hurled with him in college, and you know he's a serious hurling man, and he has 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 a, has a backroom team as well of winners behind him. He has Tommy Shefflin and Philly Larkin and Pat O'Neill, the great Kilkenny centre back back in the in the nineties and all those lads were winners and you could see the Kilkenny the fighting spirit was there and like for me uh, when I compare it and, and maybe it's not a good comparison but when I compare it to the Limerick Waterford game and the Kilkenny Galway Kilkenny Galway game and the Camogie Kilkenny backs put in a, a mountain of tackles on the Galway forwards they were tackling everywhere they were putting pressure on them everywhere and on the other hand on the, on the hurling side of it I didn't see that much pressure from the Waterford side of it so that's what Kilkenny bring to games they they, they, they bring a work rate that nobody else can, can, can bring really it's just natural to them and when they bring that fire they brought it on Saturday evening and you could see what it meant to Brian after the game and, and and the players on the team and you know some of their some of their maybe their shining lights didn't stand up maybe early on Denise Gall and and Dalton and a few probably were struggling a little bit with some of the newer girls that were probably playing well but when it when it came down to the last twenty minutes 
the 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 hunger Kilkenny Kelly really showed and 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 the really showed bottle as well. I think you know, like Denise Gall's penalty in the end of it, it was the easy thing really to put that over the bar. But she she said, "This is our time now. We're not waiting to 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 kind of see will we get over the line by a point. I'm going to bury this and 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 let's see where we go from there." And I think they'll be delighted in Kilkenny with the win. And Graham, was it a penalty? That's dubious enough. It's a dubious enough, a dubious enough penalty, you know. But usually, if you fall down in the square like we forwards are, like Rory and them boys used to do years ago, solar solar run through and fall down. You, you, there's a good chance. There's a good chance that the the referee will take the forward side every time. So, um, not right, Mark. So, no. I'd say it was a. I'd say it was a black card, Grant. There was a bit of a pull on her on her jersey, so. Um, it's hard to know, to be honest with you, but it was a penalty. It was given, and that's. You, you, I thought it was a free out for over carrying myself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the defenders yeah. union here, and that includes <laughs> <a> cancer <laughs> if there ever was one. <laughs> oh, Rory! Rory would want you with eight steps in them situations. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great finish, though. Fair play, she stuck it away well. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, she yeah, did. To yeah, be fair, though. Yeah. And Mark, like even Aoife Doyle, she got four points. Uh, she had a chance there in the second half. She probably just drilled it a bit too hard. But like even last year, the final didn't work out too well for her. She was brought on and she was taken back off. But it just even showed the character she had to come back and play. And she contributed four points. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, great scores. And I suppose, to be fair, um, again, like God, we were kind of hanging in there. But to be fair, Kilkenny were, were far better, to be honest, in the second half. And Something similar again, like Rory said to 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 Limerick uh, and Watford. Every single ball that went to ground in a rock situation, they came out with it. I don't think Galway won any rock in the second half, and like they kind of uh, broke away then, and they were able to use the ball then after that. But I'll tell you, it was very funny. The 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 um, uh, who was outstanding was was Grace Walsh, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, and with the red helmet, like sure, she's like a little clone of Tommy up and down the field. <laughs> Uh, it was it was, like, it was like winding back the clock and watching Tommy in his pomp. Like she was absolutely outstanding, and I think she was on probably one of, probably maybe Galway's best player, and uh, did her did did a fantastic job. And she was uh, she popped up with a great score as well. So a really really inspirational stuff. And I thought she was outstanding. And Denise Gall there got a great point there. Uh, really near nearly over on the middle of the field, kind of turned the tide and the penalty on top of that. Then really kind of put them in the driving seat. And to be fair, there were probably. There were probably more value for a, a, a bigger winning margin because they completely dominated that second half. I thought Galway showed great character to, to stay in the game because um, they were kind of overran it and physically seemed to be dominated a bit. But uh, I thought it was a fantastic game. It was really, really good entertainment. And I think definitely the, the standard of Camogie is really, is really um, improving year on year. So great entertainment and in fairness, Kilkenny deserved their win. Uh, now to get on to the um, backdoor GA hurling all star team and um, some big calls to be made, but Graham, you were picking now uh, one to four. Or one to four? You're not having me picking the forwards, no? It has to be the corner forward. Well, uh, I will, yeah. <laughs> no, um, fair, fair enough. Um, geez, it was tough enough. Uh, tough enough. I didn't know I didn't know who to go for between the two goalkeepers. I think that Stephen O'Keefe and, and Nicky Quaid haven't done a, a wild pile wrong during the year. Um 
I just I went for Nicky Quaid because of yesterday's performance. I know I know uh, Stephen O'Keefe made an outstanding save, but if you look at the four or five things that Nicky Quaid had to deal with, there was some balls hit with top spin, there was balls bounced at the ground, there was. I just thought he was so steady in his touch and control and his striking. So my all-star goalkeeper for this year is Nicky Quaid. Um, and are these boys going to get presented with trophies or something here? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> they wish. <laughs> um, my right back it was the easiest pick, and pick. Pick was Sean Finn. I just think he is something else, lads. I think he's brought corner back to play to an absolute different level to anything else I've ever seen since I started watching or playing hurling. I just think he's. I think he's absolutely outstanding cornerback and makes the game look so easy and sets up so many attacks and breaks up so many attacks. I think he's brilliant. Um, my fullback, I'm going with Galway. I'm going with Dahi Burke fullback. I thought he, you know, Galway were, were under pressure a lot. Um, and I just thought he he held the fort well. Like he was, he, he, he reminds me of the old fullback I used to love playing in front or behind. Big strapping big man would do anything to stop you scoring. Uh, great vision, great hand on him. I just thought he had an outstanding year, to be quite honest with you. And whilst Galway were maybe not um, getting to the final or winning the All-Ireland, I thought he'd been outstanding. And then this was my biggest pick, or biggest choice, lads. So Dahi Burke's my full-back, I think. Left-back, I didn't know whether to go for Dan Morrissey or Barry Nash. Um... I just think the two of them are like clones of each other. I think they're outstanding hurlers, like Mark said earlier there. What was their weakness? You know, a few boys early early doors in the championship, including myself, thought, ah, get the ball in, get the ball into this Limerick full-back lane, and they're, they're weak and they'll be exposed. But the way Barry Nash and Dan Morrissey have played since the Gork game, or since, since their first game, sorry, has been outstanding, but... I went for Dan Morrissey, uh, left back. I know he's a fullback, but um, the way he's dragged around the pitch and stuff, I just think he's been outstanding and he's 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 some he's some leader in there. And I don't know whether the boys coming back will push him out of the fullback there or not. So that's that's my one to four anyway, lads. Then on to five to seven, and Mark was picking this. Yeah, I, I um I suppose to be fair, um, straightforward enough. I think. Um, for most of it, I, I think uh, number five, uh, right half back. I think uh, Dermot Burns was was really outstanding all the way through the year. Um, you know, Dermot is a fantastic long range striker. Um, he gives that uh, option as well as going for points. He got great scores against Galway, um, and you know, with I suppose with experience, like he's he's learning to to measure whether to deliver that ball in or go for his own score. And again. I think Dermot was was absolutely outstanding all year and dominant in the air as well from puck out. So really, really fantastic from from Dermot all year. Um, six, um, I suppose when you look at the various teams around, like um, probably not the vintage year for for centre backs, but the, the role has kind of changed as well. Um, I think Declan Hannon was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Probably his best game, maybe since the All Ireland final of two years ago against Galway. A real big man for the man for the big occasion. I thought fantastic yesterday and again. Popped up with his usual score and 
really, really intelligent on the ball. So I thought Declan was, was, was very good yesterday. No really other candidates outside of that bar, you know, who I think who was the best centre-back in the, the year, all year, and was very, very unfortunate yesterday with Tyke de Borca. He was a huge loss for Waterford, even though I think Limerick were targeting him from early on as they were in the Munster final. But I, I, I think like that shows the kind of respect that they have for Tyke de Borca and that he's the, he's the man that makes this Waterford um, team tick. And uh, you think even though you're the came in after that he did he did very well you know the loss of tight worker was incalculable really and I think all through the championship like I think he was even even like if he wasn't injured yesterday he was a uh, certainly contender for hurler the year I thought he was absolutely outstanding all year but in defending rock solid under under the ball and you know he's capable um he's capable of playing as an orthodox center back as well like you know which you can say about all the center backs out there some of them are are very good at sweeping. He can play whatever way he wanted. Like so, I think he's almost a complete centre back. I think he was absolutely immense all year. So I, I think um, Ty de Borca, um for number six, and please God, he'll, we'll see him next year. And oh, I haven't heard anything today, but I hope he's okay and his injury isn't too serious. And left wing back, of course, um, even though he was only switched there after the first game against Tip, I think you know it's an automatic. I think Kyle Hayes is is uh, number seven left left half back. I think absolutely has brought. A new um, dimension to, to to wing back play and really shows kind of maybe the way the game is developing in that kind of a fluid kind of um, interchange between half backs and half forwards. And uh, certainly, Kyle is uh, yesterday gave you know for the first forty minutes. I think it was absolutely immense, like and was you know completely dominant. Like there was no answer to him at all. And I think you know in the semi final against Galway, he was like a machine as well up and down the field. So he's a glimpse into the future of the game maybe. And uh, I think, you know, def definitely and, and the balance of play all year has been outstanding at left half-back. Yeah, then in midfield at eight, I went for Jamie Barron. Um, he's just kept Waterford taking all year. Probably could have had more of an influence yesterday on the game, but um, just throughout all the campaign, Jamie Barron really made Waterford tick. Then at nine, I went for Willow Donahue. Um, he's probably one of the most underrated hurlers in the country, really. Um, just his physicality, turning the ball over, getting on the ball, setting up scores. So I went for Willow Donahue at nine. So then on to 10 to 15 from the corner forward, Rory. Now for all the easy decisions, Pat, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was wondering before, Paul, I, 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 I give you my forwards. Am I allowed to do like the Sunday game last night and put maybe five lads into the full forward line? Maybe I could do that, but I, <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't like the way they were taking an extra lad out of full forward line. It's hard enough to get an all star in there without taking one out. <laughs> anyway, the forward line. Uh, first of all, sure, it's obvious enough. Tom Morrissey is the is the first wing forward I'm going for. Uh, Sure, he, he 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 was man of the match in the semi final and 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 gave a man of the match performance yesterday as well and he was magnificent against Tipperary in in the in the earlier rounds of the game so he's 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 brought that that role to a, a new level really uh, I suppose a fella to mention for me in that position was Cahal Malone from Clare I thought I thought he was. I thought he was excellent all the way through the championship. I think he he he, he contributed an awful lot for Clare in that position, and some of it was maybe unnoticed at times. But he he, he had a really really solid year. I think for for Clare, uh, centre forward, uh, maybe a bit controversial. I don't know, but I don't know how it could be. But T.J. Reid is centre forward. Uh, 
he, like he, for me, he's the man there. He's he's the best player in the country. To be honest with you, I think he he can do it every way, and you know he's going to be a massive loss for Kilkenny whenever he's gone because you know he 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 makes them tick and he does everything for them. And 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 again this year he gave he gave some magnificent performances. And I don't think you could you could put anyone else there. To be honest with you, he does it every way. You know, on the ground, in the air, work rate, score and freeze, everything. He, he, there's there's no weakness to his game really, and he, he he's he's the man really. Uh, the other wing denture is pretty obvious. Is Garrod Hegarty? Uh, you know, again throughout the championship, he was he was he was the man, and probably harder the year elected this stage. You know, he's he after yesterday's performance. You know, seven points from playing an All Ireland final is is just out of this world, and you know his his movement, his hurling ability, and his competitive edge is is. Is really what's what what's setting him apart. Really, for me, he he has that ruthlessness in his game, and he's he's not afraid, as I said, to put himself about. And he he his his efficiency and his striking and everything is just is, is just brilliant. So I I'd have him there. Other mentions, I suppose, in the half hour line. I, I I had fellas like Carl Mannion. I think from from Galway. I think he 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 had he had a good campaign, and he and he was. He, he he played well throughout the championship. Massive loss for Galway in the Limerick game. I thought I thought I thought he played well. You know, it's it's important, I suppose, not to forget Jack Fagan's performance in the semi final either. You know, I think he probably struggled a little bit for, at the pace of the game yesterday. But you know, his performance in the semi final against Kilkenny was a performance for the ages. You know, like. He caught I don't know how many balls. Somebody I said eight balls the last day. Somebody was telling me in school last week that it was eleven. So, geez, a lad who catches eleven balls in a game is you'd have to be mentioning him. So it was a good performance in the full forward line. Then uh, this is where it gets tough, really. To be honest with you, uh, the first man is Tony Kelly. He's he's pretty obvious. Uh, again, one of the nominate nominees for harder the year, I think, alongside. Probably alongside Gerard Hegarty and probably Tom Morrissey and maybe somebody back in the in the backs, but you know he gave he 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 gave a a, a great year, probably his best year since 2013, and his performances against against Limerick and Wexford, I think he'll be long remembered. To be honest with you, I don't. What was it? 17 points against Limerick was it? And some of the scores he got against Wexford in Port Leash that day was was just out of this world. And playing in a monsoon and he and he's striking balls over the shoulder from the corner flag, so. You know, I was in training lads in school during the week, and there was lads trying shots from the corner flag. So that's that's what he's doing to doing to, to young lads at home these days. But anyway, the 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 the, the full forward line, uh, I've gone for in the number fourteen position. I've gone for Austin Gleeson. I think I think he 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 redeemed himself uh, from his from his probably last two years performances. I think looking looking at him. Throughout the championship, he scored 17 points in play, which is, which is, which is fair shooting, to be honest with you. And he's 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 the talisman for Waterford, and you know there's an awful lot of pressure on his shoulders. And I think I think he stood up to that really, really well throughout the championship. He probably started it slowly and was was taken off here and there in games, obviously. But like if you look at his his statistics, he got three points in play in the first game. He got two points. Three points in the Munster final, two points against Clare, and then then he's really starting to come to his pitch then for the semi final. And again, he was the man who dragged Kilkenny over or Watford over the line against Kilkenny. And for me, even yesterday again, he he never stopped trying, and 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 he really was bringing the game to Limerick all the time, even throughout the second half. And you know some of the, some of the scores he got, and, and and again some of the leadership he got, I think was was brilliant. And it's great to see him back in such good form. I think to be honest with you. And, uh, 
the other man had gone for then is another Watford man had gone for Stephen Bennett in the other corner. I think coming up to the final, I think he's the top scorer in the championship, 154. I think he got in the championship. And, you know, again in the semi-final against against Kilkenny, he was excellent in the, in, in the Munster final and, and in the Clare game, he was excellent. And, you know, I, I think he deserves to be on this team. Up to, up to yesterday, he was a nominee for maybe harder of the year. Probably his performance yesterday will push him down in that, but you know, I I I think he he still deserves deserves his place on the team, and he he he's a forward going forward for Waterford that that they're going to need because you know they've lacked a few forwards in the last few years, and he he he's one of the guys who can drive them forward. I suppose lads, I've left out some of the maybe the obvious ones. I've left out Aaron Gillan. You know, he 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 gave he gave a great performance again yesterday, like four points and playing in a in an All Ireland final. Jesus, it's 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 great, and some may. Maybe his performances from play wasn't as good, maybe as consistent as as it was all the time. But he he's still a great player for me. And you know, other other lads I'd mention, I suppose, uh, Desi Hutchinson again. I thought yesterday gave a, gave a really excellent performance. Any ball that went into him, he he made use of it and was dangerous all the time. And throughout the championship, he's he's been excellent. And and for Waterford, he's going to be a big player. And other players, I suppose, Connor Whelan and Kilcannon from Galway again for me are. Are very very impressive. Cannon is a good player, and Whelan is for me the the number one corner forward in the country. I think he's 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 absolutely excellent and can do it every way. And I suppose a guy that I really like, and he wasn't on the Limerick team, but Peter Casey, I think, would deserve a mention as well. His his performance in the semi final against Galway, I think, pushed pushed Limerick over the line really. And in the Munster final, he got three or four points from play and was excellent. And he's really unlucky not to be on the team. To be honest with you, like he'd be on any other team in the country and. Like I think he 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 deserve a a mention in that. So they're they're the forwards, Paul. So best to look to you now, responding to all the complaints about about what we're given. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But um, that's all on the backdoor hurling show uh, for this year with all the intercounty action. Thanks a million for everything throughout the year. That's.